the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the saddest, yet one of the most fulfilling moments in all of human history. The trial of Jesus. We'll take a look at this moment in time next on Truth For Today. Welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we continue our series on Easter, we do so looking at the trial of Jesus. It is a sad moment in human history, yet there is glory found even here in this sad evidence of a trial. Join us as we examine together Jesus on trial. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. God is good. As we're going into this Easter season, think of what God's paid, what God's given to sinners. Turn, if you will, to John 18, and uh, I'm going to give you an overview of the events that happened the last 16 hours that Christ was on the earth. He was uh, arrested in the garden at night. So we're not quite sure what time it was, but we know that he's on a cross by 9 o'clock in the morning and that he's dead by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So maybe 12 to 16 hours at the most is what we see. And so I gave you this outline in the bulletin. Did you get that? This is to give you, uh, we took from the synoptics, gospels, Now, the Synoptics Gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke. John has unique writings. The others tell a lot of parables. John doesn't do that. No parables in John. Different. But we took and compared all the uh, gospel accounts on the life of Christ. And I'm giving you the events with the verses so you can look at them on your own. So you know what happens in these last 16 hours. And in the garden, Christ is arrested. An amazing arrest. That when they come in, are you the Christ? And he simply says, I am. And the soldiers fall back. Why would that be? Because in Exodus 3, God revealed himself to Israel as the I am. And Christ seven times in John says, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. I am all this. And then he simply says there, he uses that divine, I am, and they fall back. And he said, why do you come out with a mob to arrest me when I was daily in the temple? And so then, from that arrest, he begins to have three religious trials before the Jews. He goes before Annas, and then twice before Caiaphas. So there's three religious trials. In the midst of this, in the midst of these trials, something else happens. Peter 
does his three denials, just like the Lord prophesied in John 13, when Christ pledged loyalty, when he pledged that he would not cave in whatsoever, he said, you will do this before the rooster crows three times. And so it happens in the narrative that Peter caves in under fear. Uh, he, he's in there with John, probably as the disciple that got him access to the uh, high priest and the hearings. Uh, had some family or uh, connections, got him in there. And he's caving in before the girl, denies him, finally takes an oath that I don't know this man. Something that, if we looked at all the occurrence, the same thing, and during the same time that Christ is undergoing trial, Judas goes back to the uh, uh, religious leaders and says, uh, I betrayed an innocent man. And he takes the bag of silver and he throws it at their feet. And he knows that he's guilty. Now watch this. The religious leaders who are getting ready to kill God says, we can't be contaminated with blood money. Blind God is going to be put on a tree. And yet there's got these religious scruples. That's what's so brutal about religion. It's got rules that don't make sense. All the time you're rejecting God's son, you're keeping all of your low-down rules. We want to kill God biblically. Got to keep the rules. Legalism will always make you keep rules and still miss heaven. Still miss heaven. And so, he throws the 30 pieces of silver. What's interesting, Zechariah said he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. But I think something is interesting. Deuteronomy said that if a slave is gored by a wild ox... The compensation to be paid to his master was 30 pieces of silver. So Judas, the best price he could get for the Son of God was the price of a gourd slave. The best he could do on the market. When you're selling God, it's hard to get a big price. He just doesn't bring a high price. Well, after uh, he goes to Cephas, first time they meet at night, uh, Anna sends him over. At night, they meet in his house, not in a formal court. They hear the case. By the next morning, they decide he must be sentenced, he must die. But the Jews were not supposed to do executions. They weren't in charge of capital punishment. They stoned Stephen, but they say there was no ruler in town at the time. They would pull it off, but they weren't authorized to. Capital punishment was to be the prerogative of Rome. So he uh, is finally turned over to uh, Cephas, and uh, they make a judgment. Then they decide to take it to the Roman courts, the civil courts. They first of all go to Caiaphas, Caiaphas, and Caiaphas, he wants to, uh, brother, I'm sorry, to Pilate. Pilate wants to be, Pilate says five times in the narratives, he's not guilty. Five times. He, he lets him go to the cross knowing he's not guilty. He's not guilty. Over five, Herod says he's not guilty. Luke says that, Luke 23. 
Both Herod and Pilate said, this man is not guilty of capital punishment. He only will get killed because of the political fear they have of the Jews who say he is to be killed because he said he's the son of God. And so you go through the narrative, and now let's pick up in John. Let's go, and I'm going to just quickly walk you through the narrative and make a few application questions. I think just seeing the narrative, it's not my comments, just see the narrative. Verse 28, then they led Jesus from Caiaphas into the praetorium. That's where Caiaphas, or rather Pilate, stayed when he was in town, uh, kind of the uh, uh, fortress. And it was early. Some believe it could have been uh, as early as three or six in the morning. And they themselves did not enter into the praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. See the irony? The Passover lamb is getting ready to be crucified for the whole world, and they're having scruples. We don't want to get ceremonially dirty. We don't care if we kill him. Let's just don't get our feet dirty. Therefore, Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. Well, they did it at times, but they weren't lawfully allowed to. And uh, you've got to know that Pilate and these religious rulers have been spatting for over a year. They turned him into Tiberius one year earlier because he kind of spite the Jews and had a bunch of uh, soldier shields put in a holy place. And they were outraged with the defilement of it. What are these shields doing here? And they got in a spat with one another. And Pilate cannot stand the Jews. And they can't stand him. Bad, bad, bad blood. And so Pilate is really spiting them all he can. Don't be telling me what I've got to do with this guy that you're framing. Don't be telling me. I am the Roman authority here. We're in charge of the killing. Not you. And they're just saying, you better do what we say. And it, He's doing everything he can to get out of this crucifixion. But politics wins. And so they keep going. We're not permitted to put anyone to death. And you've got a religious holiday just about 24 hours out. And they did this to fulfill the word of Jesus, which spoke signifying but what kind of death he was about to die. The Jews killed three different ways. They stoned people, they hung people, and they strangulated them. But the death that he was to die, according to the prophets, would be on a tree. That was the Roman method of death. The worst they could inflict. Therefore, Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Now, this is a private hearing. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative? Or did others say this about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew. Don't get me into a religious argument. Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? 
Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight, so I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Put together like that quick. You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who's of the truth hears my voice. And then that great philosophic question, what is truth? And we're still asking it. Because when you don't know God, and when you don't acknowledge God, you don't have the truth. That's why we can't decide what's morally right and what's morally wrong because we consult one another and we're all mixed up. God's the only one that knows what's right and what's wrong. And standing before him is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, what's truth? I could care less. You ought to go to the philosophy department and ask him, what is truth? You're heading the philosophy department. Tell me what's true. Should I divorce my wife or not? What's the truth? Whatever feels good. Oh, good. I feel like bombing your house tonight. (laughs) Well, you can't be. You can't. Why can't I do it? You said, whatever feels good, do. I feel like killing six million Jews in Germany. You can't say it's wrong. Because you don't have any absolutes. You make up the rules to suit yourself. When is it right to kill babies? We don't know what truth is. That's why this culture is so messed up. We've given up what truth is. You won't know truth until you know God and bow to truth as revealed in his word. That's why I don't need Fox News to figure out the truth. I got the truth right here, honey. They're exposing a bunch of liars, but sometimes they lie. This is truth. This is truth. This is truth. What is it? That's your problem, Pilate. What's going to bother you before this is over? You will know the truth that this man is not guilty, but you still will cave in. Well, when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. I looked up a song that Andre Crouch wrote years ago. I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. Yet he was rejected, despised of men. But I find no fault in him. They led Christ to Calvary, but he never said one word. Just the cries of lost sinners was all the Savior heard. And then they pierced him in the side, and his blood came streaming down. And that's how he purchased my salvation. And I find no fault in him. This is what a pagan ruler said. There's no fault in him. So they cried out again, saying, not this man. Because he's telling them, who do you want me to release to you? To get along with the Jews, they always released a prisoner. And he says, who do you want me to release? Barabbas, who was a murderer, according to Luke, an insurrectionist trying to throw off Rome. He was a public enemy, known. And they said, no, 
We don't want the robber. We don't want the murderer to be killed. Give him to us. You crucify the not guilty Christ. Pilate then took Jesus and scourged him. This is interesting. You never gave the scourging before sentence had been passed. And so some scholars such as D.A. Carson speculate that there was two scourgings. Maybe so. He says this in his commentary. And there's three different Latin words they describe the different kinds of scourging. And there was one that was kind of a slap on the hand. Maybe 20 lashes of a normal beating. But once sentence was passed, then there was a scourging because they've got to hasten their death. There's a religious holiday coming up, and they've got to be sure these men will die quick. So they would do what was the worst scourging, which was the Jewish method of the uh, 40 stripes, and they would do 39 because if you went one stroke over the 40, then you got scourged. So they learned to do 39. But the law said 40. But what was so brutal about this, whether two scourgings or not, the final scourging before the cross was such that two Roman soldiers carried it out. They'd have a wooden handle out of which that leather strips would come. And tied to the leather was bone particles and also lead so that two soldiers, you would have them in between you. Now, this man's going to get 39 blows. Now, according to recorded history, many, many died under the scourging. Because, as the soldier, now, now let's, okay, let's take a man, 185 to 200 pounds, a Roman soldier in top shape. Pulls back, and it went this way, And when he went across, bone and lead cut the flesh. And then you think, well, this guy's got a recock, as it were, his arm. But there's another guy, and boom, 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 boom. They say the scourging was so brutal that bones would be exposed, intestines would be exposed, internal organs, so that the man was a bleeding pulp. You should have pronounced a death sentence. They do this, and he's trying to pacify the Jews. So that's why Carson thinks this was a lighter one, and the severer one is a second one. Not sure, but he's quite a scholar. I thought it was interesting. Well, he goes on, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. And they begin to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews, and to give him slaps in the face. Now, remember, there's been no sentence yet. Nobody has said he's guilty yet. Uh, The Roman uh, prefect here, he has not passed sentence. This is going on now. And they say that the crown of thorns, scholars speculate it was made of date thorns, which would be about 12 inches long. And then, and you read the other gospel accounts, the slapping, a lot of slapping on him, a lot of mocking, the purple robe. And then Pilate came out and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I, what? 
I find no, five times, he says this, five times. See, in the Jewish court, there were no lawyers. And it was the goal of all judges in a Jewish court to find a way to deliver you from a death penalty. That was their assignment. That was Jewish law. And the high priest was not to even have a vote because of his influence. But Caiaphas led the whole debate. Caiaphas rendered the sentence. Caiaphas said he's guilty. Caiaphas says he ought to be killed. And Caiaphas was to be absolutely quiet. I'll give you five illegalities in the whole trial. Just five that a lawyer wrote up about what was wrong. I find no guilt. The Jews said, we have a law, and by that law, he ought to die because he made himself out to be the Son of God. He didn't make himself the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He was just telling them who he was. They wouldn't accept it. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said, you do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you? And I have authority to crucify you? Jesus said, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And that's probably either Judas or Caiaphas. Their greater guilt. And notice here the sovereignty of God and the human response of men. You, Pilate, couldn't even sentence me to death if my father didn't want me here. I want to do a message in this series on who killed Jesus. Seven people are indicted. And God the Father was one of them. He participated in the death of the Son. And he, Jesus said, hey, Pilate, you're just doing what the Father's orchestrated. Now, you're going to be held accountable for your part in it. But guess what? The only authority you've got is what God gives you. And by that way, the only authority, the only position, the only privileges you've got, God gave you. He can take them any moment. God even put Putin in power. He even put Nebuchadnezzar in power. All the powers that be. You know, I go to the poll and I vote. And then I walk away saying, now God, the one you want in is going to go in. Can I get a witness? Who won the last election? The one God wanted? Some of you just bailed out. You don't believe it. Well, don't have to. See? God's orchestrating the nations. God, he's going he's gonna to give us people what we want, even if it destroys us. Well, he goes on. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement. But in Hebrew, Gabbatha. When you read in Matthew, this is where he washes his hands in the basin. And the reason they washed their hands, it was the way of saying, I am not guilty of an innocent man's death. He wanted the audience to know, I was not for this death. I'm caving in to the religious authorities. I want to give them what they want, but I don't want to be charged. And so there, he's rendering the judgment. He washes his hands. Now, 
It was the day of preparation for the Passover. Look at this. Early in the day, about 6 a.m., it was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. What a lie, what hypocrisy. You've been fighting Rome ever since they've been in town. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then as we close out our time together today, I would also remind you that while we may be sequestered from the quarantine, we are still meeting online as a church. Valleybible.org is a great place to go. If you would like to join us for our Easter services, simply go to valleybible.org for all of the details and service times that will be streaming online. While we may be quarantined and sequestered from one another, that will not keep us from worshiping and celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this Easter Sunday. So please visit valleybible.org and plan on joining us for Easter. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 